All right, welcome back to the Final Shot Podcast. Today on the show, we've got the 2018 Guest of the Year, and hands down, my favorite guest of all time on the show, ladies and gentlemen, is multiple-time boxing champion Steve the Dragon Claggett. Thank you for having me, man. I'm I'm very happy to be here. So, the world's in peril. We haven't talked in a, in a, in a long time. We've got... COVID-19, we've got Black Lives Matter going on, people dying, people riots, all kinds of shit. What the fuck's yeah, the going world, on in your it, neck of the woods? <laughs> the, the world is up in arms right now. Yeah. Um, okay, let's start, let's start this off with some philosophy right off the bat. Uh, wherever you go, there you are. Okay, this is a quote from Buddha. In my life, I've done a lot of training camps. I've done a lot of sparring trips i've done a lot of work in the gyms by myself so one of the things when all this shit happened and everyone got sent inwards and you can't go to the gym anymore you can't do i went to the field man i went Mm. by my house i bring i have little dumbbells i got medicine i got my boxing stuff like i've been doing all of the habits that i know work during training camp and I think it's keeping me on a good path right now. And I feel like I'm gaining ground, even though the world's in disorder. So, I mean, it's an internal job, not an external one. I'll tell you what I did. Because, well, I sent you a message a little while ago. And you and you said, yeah, the world's up is, is on fire right now. And I said, there's always going to be a pandemic, a flu, a war, or some kind of bullshit going on. You still got to get the job done. Mm-hmm. Yep. But unfortunately, when you can't go to the gym and there's not that guy over there, let's just say Hakeem Dewadu pushing you harder. My guy. Then then you then you can push yourself on your own. That's a fucking problem. Yeah, because you need part of the combat is the reaction. Yeah. And and the other guy needs to work on some stuff so that you can react to what he's doing in the split seconds that it happens in. So you, you can hit the – that's where you see guys who are really good on the bags, really good on the pads, but they can't do shit in the fight because as soon as there's an opposing force, it changes their output. So you need the test, and that's why you need the sparring, and that is a problem. Um, but with experience, you can kind of create it in your head. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you only need a little bit you know you can do touch sparring with your guys you can work drills you can work reaction timing you can work um defensive movements you can have somebody punch like there's a lot you can do but there's a massive disconnect going on right now that's for sure i think a lot of the problem is too is uh, people don't know what to to fuel their body with because when Ah. you're working your ass off in the gym you're burning off all kinds of stuff that you're not going to burn off when you're at home. So what I did is I linked up with a doctor in Vancouver. Uh, his name is Dr. Drew Jameson. And what we right. did was a food allergy test. Oh, interesting. Compared my blood to the top 140 foods that, that people put into their body. And it tells me what's good for me to eat and what's not good for me to eat. What I'm allergic to, not on the, not on the point where I'm going to die, but it's not good for my gut. Yeah, food intolerances. A lot of time your gut microbiome will affect your mood, your sleep, your everything. And you don't even notice it. So but it's like, oh, yeah, you, didn't, you didn't know, but you're allergic to eggs. And you're like, well, I've been eating eggs every day of my life. <laughs> I am. 
I know, right? That's a very common one. <laughs> so, 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 so what I was doing is I wasn't able to go to the gym. I'm still hitting the bag and doing all the stuff, but I'm still putting on weight. Right. So I went from 220 up to, to 234. Right. Not terrible. No. But not be, great. Could be, well, depends on how you gain in it. Exactly. But the other thing is, I was speaking to my friend about this yesterday. He, he's like, he's up high in weight. But he's he he wants to trim down and he wants to put on the muscle. And I was like, you know what? When you're in a caloric surplus, is the best time to put on the muscle. So mm. put on the muscle, start it now, and then start trimming down. If you try and trim down and then rebuild and restart that caloric surplus, you're gonna jam yourself. You're gonna be like you move like I don't know. It's just not gonna work as well. And then even myself personally, I started. Can I give like a random shout out here? Yeah, do. I'm working with Declan Walsh and man, this nutrition, he's the nutritionist fight to be fit. He is the best. Like he is the best. And when I um, started working with him, I understood, I started to get a grasp of how it goes. Okay. We ramp up the metabolism. So my body's burning through all this good quality fuel, but I have an abundance so I can build the muscle and then we chip away at the fat and lean out. Then we do all this, but it's done strategically. You have to get your metabolism working the right way and you have to get your intake obviously has to be the correct foods and yeah. your balance and everything. Um, but so long as you have the caloric surplus, you can do the extra work, you can build the muscle and then you burn the fat to try and do it at the same time is kind of tricky. Yeah. So, so, I mean, this was nice. What I found was like before I could work my ass off and get into good shape and, and, and have some abs. But now I can't. So I was like, what the fuck is going on? Because this is weird because I'm basically doing what I was doing before, but there's nobody pushing me. So I'm not going as hard as possible. So I found out that I was allergic to eggs. Mm. I was eating four eggs a day for breakfast. For life, right? Like, I never had an idea. <laughs> uh, I was allergic to whey protein. Yeah. I have that every day. Twice, right. three, four times a day. I was allergic to anything that comes out of a cow that's other than the meat. Right. Right. And a lot of vegetables I was allergic to. Broccoli ah. was a staple in my diet. Every day I ate broccoli. Because yeah, I know it's very good for me. But allergic. not good for me, apparently. Allergic to it. So right. I, I've been doing this thing for two weeks. I went right. from 234. Right now, I'm 225. Nice. With no other changes other than taking out the in pro-inflammatory foods. Exactly. And I feel great. So before, I was getting bloated after I was eating, feeling terrible. None of that now. I can have a cheat day. I can eat a whole large pizza and run a marathon. I feel great. Right. Nutrition is a leg to the table that now, again, thanks to Declan, man, that now that the first conversation that I had with him, he said, think of legs to a table. You got your boxing, you got your coach, you got your um, strength and conditioning coach, you have your uh, promoter and the guys who do the stuff behind the scenes. He's like, you have this leg is your nutrition and your intake for your body. And it's like, what makes a balanced table? You need all of them. Yeah. You can't do it with all. Like before, I'm winging it, and I'm like, you know what? I know how to cook. I'm pretty healthy. But when you do the science behind it, 
it's a game changer. Even to the point with your your food intolerances, little things that you don't realize. You know, my mood changed. My my sleep was better. My stomach feels better. Like I'm more active. My energy levels are more sustained and mm. steady. It's just it's a very interesting um, little adjustment to make in life. I think everybody should look into it. So the last time we talked, you had went on a a weird trip. You you did some shit out in the fucking wilderness. Um, yeah, <laughs> and uh, you were in a, a different kind of headspace at that point. I was like, oh shit, a little bit spacey, a little, a little spacey, and it, it, he's happy. You still yeah, seem well, happy, but uh, not as not as out there. Well, when you go through deep experiences. You can carry with you. A lot of times people are like, oh, I'm going to go through that and then it'll just change me forever. And then I'm always changed. No, you go back to regular life the next day. And a lot of times people are seeking this big change. Then once I get that, I'll be changed and that's it. Yeah. But like the whole thing is that the thing's going to happen and then the next day is going to happen. And so what you have to do is take your lessons from that experience. Even it could be, it could be a fight. It could be a boxing match. And I use all that experience that I got from that boxing match. And tomorrow, I'm going to use the tools that I learned. So in that sense, a lot of that shit that I, I thought deeper than I've ever thought before, I went into my own mind to a level that I had not yet seen. And because of that, now when I connect to myself, when I do my yoga, when I do my meditation, when I do my whatever weird practice that I'm doing, I have a deeper connection, which gives me a deeper reset which means that this new tool that I have is useful today, not just a one-time thing. So mm. I use that experience and I'm constantly checking back in with it and making sure that the muscle is sharp. The muscle is strong. The reflexes are still useful now. And um, again, just like boxing camp, it's like you want your reflexes to be sharp and snappy. You got to work on it. You just, you just learn it once and then you forget it. It's never going to work. You have to fine tune it you got to sharpen the blade in order to keep it you got to maintain it so i put this out there yesterday that i was recording with you today and the brass at eye of the tiger was very excited that you're coming on the show again nice um and i i could only guess why and we'll get into it now um covid19 hit everything came to a grinding halt no fights right now that some places are in an area where they can put on fights again, even with no fans like uh, Camille. He could he could pull that off in Quebec. Um, Quebec has threatened to ban all combat sports until there's a cure. Or a vaccine. Yeah, which, which is really crazy to tell you the truth, because if anything, combat sports are the one where there's there's three people in the ring or cage where the most kind of medically checked and reviewed of all of them because you get a one-on-one assessment immediately before i mean it doesn't really make sense they shouldn't do that because like when you when you test people for this they're good they don't have it they're not going to give it to anybody Mm -hmm. so if you just checked all three of the people who are going it's not even it's three people you're good you know and then they do it with no crowd no audience which is a whole nother thing but hopefully, I mean, I know the world is up in arms, so tension and kind of fear creates all sorts of different thinking. So I'm just hoping that they let me back in there. That's all. Well, I, 
I personally think what the government needs to understand is that COVID-19 is not going anywhere. That's a new virus that will now exist in the world. It's the new flu. So when, when we hear flu season's coming around, it's going to be COVID-19 season from now on. Right. Go Weird. get your COVID shot over at the fucking local pharmacy. Weird. But you got to look at the numbers, too, at the same time, right? The flu kills a ton of people every year. COVID-19 mm-hmm. has the same symptoms. Mm-hmm. It, it's killed a bunch of people this year. That's reality. There's been 110,000 cases in Canada this year. 8,000 yeah. people have died, unfortunately. Yeah. But how yeah. many people died from the flu? Exactly. It's, it's a similar thing. It's just a new, it's just a new illness that's going on. So, and I mean, my issue with it is, is if the flu was a new thing, would the government shut down the country and, and people that need to, to fight to work or, host events to work, would they shut the whole thing down? Well, they would if the flu was new, and this, that's what they're doing. <laughs> that's the thing. But it's fear, man. That's the, that's the whole problem because the answer is what? The answer is you can't come up with an answer. The answer is what are the people going to do? What's the government going to do? What happens next? Nobody knows. But again, it's, it's that's all external, and I hate to be selfish, but in times like this, you should be selfish and you work on improving yourself and do what you can within your proximity so that you can go forward positively and not kind of fold to the world. Yeah. Well, I, I see this mask thing going around too, and I'm not going to shit on anybody wearing a mask, but when you're wearing a mask in your fucking car and you're by yourself, slap yourself you're in fucked. the face. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's just, it's, it sucks that it takes a pandemic for you the world to recognize the lack of kind of general just common sense like yo man there's it's an air spread disease there's nobody in the car with you you're fine yeah it's, like, it's weird but it's influence right you see things oh, wear the mask okay put it on okay let's go in the car da, da, da. they're not even thinking about it like that they just do it's very interesting to go out in public right now man because I, I go to the fucking mall, oh get set your hand sanitized <laughs> ten times. It's fucked, man. That stuff's not good for your hands either. That de- oh. it destroys your natural kind of bacteria and all the stuff that keeps you clean from yourself that you produce. So I mean, it's fucked, man. But what can we do? It's so weird because you go out in public and if you're not wearing a mask, you get a weird look. You're like. People are like, yeah. I wonder what happens afterwards. Does humanity turn into a slightly hesitant species? I, I don't know you. I'm not going to talk to you. That fucking sucks, to tell you the truth. I hate that. I hope that that doesn't happen because you need the connection more than ever in such a diverse and, like, you know, it's a weird world where you can contact somebody across the world from your phone. Yeah. You don't see them. Uh, you know what I saw a very interesting um I saw it was a comedian I can't if someone sees it remind me who it was but he said when I was a kid and I bullied someone and I said you little punk you did it and I see his reaction and he's hurt and he didn't like that the empathy within me is kind of like oh shit I oh I didn't really like how I made that guy feel yeah I feel bad about it because I saw his reaction but nowadays, you write it on your fucking phone, and you're like, "Yes, I dissed him. That's it." You never see the <laughs> response. You never, you never have the 
empathetic feeling because the connection is gone. Yeah. And I think that people like people will get colder because of it. You see the sense of humor on the internet nowadays? It's morbid, bro. Oh, and it, it just it is. It is because we're more disconnected and fuck man i just i think you need to make sure to still connect with your loved ones still connect with other people strangers like who cares man? like i know the germs thing is one thing but don't forget that the humans are humans also well here's a mistake that i made because i when covid hit i was like fuck man this is a, this is a big deal i don't know if i should be putting out shows where i'm talking shit or being funny Mm. No, it's serious time in the world. Fuck, man! Like, like I don't, <sighs> I don't know if I should do it, so I didn't. I stopped, and that was a big mistake. Because people need the light in the world too. But if if I can give one person a laugh in a shitty time through this fucking retarded show that I yeah. do every fucking week, then I should steal. I should keep doing it. So right. I fired it back up. I stopped for two months, and I was like, you know what? This is retarded. Yeah, and, and you know what? As long as your your message is not negative, then you're not doing anyone any harm. It doesn't matter. If you're making fun of people, some of the best times I've ever had in my life making fun of my friends. <laughs> like it, It's funny, man, but it's all in good nature. Yeah. So you can be rude. You can be this. But if everyone in the conversation is into it, it's fine, man. I, I don't see... I see it's, it's only a good thing. You need the positivity or else everyone gets sucked into this whole negative... Well, you see how fucking cranky people are and how rude and just inconsistent. Like, oh, don't even come. So, yo, man, I know that there's a pandemic going on. Don't talk to me like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just don't change humanity because there's a problem. You should almost band together because then you work together. And, I mean, I know it's easier said than done. But me personally, I'm not going to let this whole pandemic change the way that I deal with people or talk to people or care about people. And I think that's the only thing I can take from it is just keep keep that. So I'll tell you a story where I lost a little bit of humanity in this whole kerfuffle. <laughs> yeah, tell me. <laughs> so I was in Walmart and I'm going down the condiments aisle getting some fucking just yellow mustard. Right. A gentleman comes up behind me, about three inches away from me. He goes, I don't give a flying fuck about this disease. I'm just grabbing this. I turned around and cold cocked that guy. Damn. A little aggressive. I mean, all. (laughs) And then what happened? I shit talked him. And I was like, listen, motherfuckers, this is when the, the thing first hit. I had no idea what was going on. All I know is that people are getting it over in Italy. I got people messaging me and all hell's breaking loose and I don't want to get it. Right. Back the fuck up. So I said, listen, bitch, don't fucking come up on people. Don't be three inches away from me. Six yeah. feet, bitch. Stay the fuck away. That's, that, yeah, that's too close for a normal day. I don't know what's going on today. Yeah, no, you can't brush me in this in this new world. You can't come that close to me. Yeah, and that's like, so in that sense, that guy's being disrespectful, though. And I that's shouldn't like, hate even, him, though. Maybe not. <laughs> but we all we only learn through our mistakes to see the other end. And that's a funny thing, because nowadays I realize that more and more in my younger life i'm a hothead i react my response is fucking immediately what i'm feeling um but now through some experience in life i'm like oh somebody just said 
okay. And then you, you can react to it. Yeah. I mean, you don't need to, an emotional fighter is weak because you can say something to, to, you know what I mean? You instigate him. He's going to react, but I know he's going to react. I'm baiting the reaction, Yeah. which is where I've learned now. I mean, I'm talking about boxing side of things. You don't get, if someone tries to bait you, it's like, I'm cool on my own space. I don't get knocked off my ground. In the world, I try and carry the same attitude. Somebody don't knock me off the ground. Now, there is also the the disrespect of, like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I would be fucking pissed, too, because it's not the time for that. It's not the time to be boldly assertive with your lack of, like, uh, respect for the rules and put it in everyone else's face i don't think that's good well if you don't care that's great but i do don't put it on me i have a wife i have a newborn child at home and a nine-year-old daughter i don't want to bring it here how's your kid how's your baby good man he's he's uh he's all over the place now yeah he's crawling get a personality yeah he is uh he's a lot like me Oh man, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and it's because you can see the little nuances in somebody's, like a baby. So my sister just had a baby. Yeah. Okay. And I can see he's like a month. He's he he doesn't have any sort of human features. <laughs> like he can't speak. He can't do anything. But I can see his mannerisms, the way he kind of like looks and stuff. I'm like, he's like my sister. Yeah. He looks like my sister. He, he he looks. He does like these weird little, and you'll see these gestures. And genetic traits in split seconds, and I'm like, wow, what a cool, what a what a biological fact of life. It's very, congrats, bro. I think it's Thank very you. very cool. It's 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 very interesting when to the point because he's eight months old now. He's almost nine months, right? And it, it's been fun to watch again because I've already done it one time, but just to watch them from being able to do absolutely nothing. Hmm. to now he can crawl and pull himself up onto things and literally clear the whole coffee table off. Right. Here, the pro, the, here comes the fight. The fight comes soon next. <laughs> exactly. So what's next now? Next is going to be walking because he started crawling about two weeks ago. Now he's figured right. out that he can get himself up onto the coffee table and, and side shuffle around the coffee table. Right. This is the growth of the human mind. Yeah. So he's like, you know what? Yesterday I conquered that. Now I'm looking at this couch over here. Like, he's a funny little fucker because uh, we, we got him a jolly jumper when he was a couple months old and he absolutely loves that thing. But there's one song that comes on that he will go absolutely nuts for every time. What is it? It's called Bounce Back by Nelly. Okay. <laughs> Hey, you know what's funny about those little jumpers though? Like technically, you're building the legs. Yeah. You're it's... like a little kid building your leg strength, your your muscle and your you know what I mean? I wonder, now this is selfishly thinking, if you could time your refeeds and you know what I mean? Like with it, I, I, it's too much to do with like a baby, a baby, but like after he's been in the jumper for a little bit, you gotta rebuild the muscle, you give him a a good healthy meal after. So you're almost like strategically, you know what I mean? Just and getting them jacked. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure that a lot of these guys with the, the fathers in their corners who are like Lomachenko style, um, 
all the, like these guys whose dads have been there since day one and they were already fighters when they came out yeah. the womb it's like that you know that was part of the plan you know yeah. that was in there so this it's a cool little thing i mean pretty much developing a human is a very uh awesome feat well, co- coming from a combat sports background, and then I watch him in his jolly jumper and the way he's moving his feet, I'm like, oh, fuck, maybe. <laughs> he's got some yeah, footwork. Yo, you can do like a roundhouse like that. Okay, yeah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> you see, like that. see the hips? <laughs> so in, in the grand scheme of things, um, I don't want to get into, into too much financial stuff, but how bad has COVID affected the way that you're living right now? Uh. Okay, I don't want to sound selfish, but me being me, I've done, my whole life has been boxing, man. I've done training camp after training camp. I've kept track of all my good habits. Um, I, I know what works for me and is a really good thing to do during training camp because that makes my body feel good. That makes my mind feel good. That makes, it, it works me towards my goal. And so during this whole COVID situation and isolation and no more gyms and everything else, I worked inwards. Mm. I worked inwards. I I built myself. I did. I had a strict training camp like routine that I implemented myself. I don't need someone to check up on me and make sure I'm doing this. I've done this my whole life. And so I'm doing my yoga. I'm doing my running. I'm doing my visualization. I'm doing my box. I'm using actually all of my really good tools that I know works throughout training camps on my own terms. Mm. And between me and you, I think I'm in the best shape of my life right now. And I think I'm, I'm absolutely, it was the whole thing was working inwards just because the gyms are closed or were closed. Doesn't mean that you can't go out to the field and bring your little weights out there and go run and shadow box. It's like, I tell all my fighters, I'm like, shadow boxing is the fight. I can, I can practice fighting the guy that I'm going to fight any, any time of day, anywhere that I am, anytime. In my sleep, in the shower, I go out to the field, I'm in my car thinking about, like, obsession, I think it is. So during this whole pandemic, I've been working on myself, and I've been doing kind of like an internal training camp. I don't have a date because everything keeps getting pushed back. I don't know what comes next because the world is flipped upside down. But all I know is wherever you go, there you are. So the better I'm getting here, the better I I am in my house, the better I'll be when inevitably I go and fight again because that's my trade. So I've been having a really good training camp over these uh, last couple months. Rumor has it that you switch camps. I have. Well, there's a lot of things going on right now. I um, Just different paths. Different paths have arose. And I think that I might be... Uh, I mean, I'm sure I'll work with the Eye of the Tiger guys. Mm-hmm. I've had talks of moving to Montreal. Um, I have had some you know, friends and family, you know, who are, I have friends, I have family who's out there and I'm really thinking about it. That would be a very, very big step in my life. And I don't know if that's what comes next, but I'm open. I'm open to anything. So um, we'll see what happens next. But as far as switching camps, yeah, I have, I've made some adjustments and now it's all up in the air, man. But all I know is I'll be the best I've ever been when it comes back to the ground. And you feel good about it? 
and I have hurt feelings over a lot of things, but I think this is the controversial and confrontational game of boxing because mm. there's been so many times in my life when the guys that I'm dealing with in the sport, as much as I love them, they're as hard-headed as, and stubborn as me. So we'll clash like a motherfucker and we'll fight over little things that, but it's because it's my, I'm mad about this. You're mad about that. And it's just, sometimes you guys are on different paths. And then I've had it happen before in my life where I had to switch trainers and it was hard, man. Yeah. It's, it's never easy. It's like the worst breakup that you could understand <laughs> because it's a, the relationship is almost like that of a father figure. Yeah. I, I care about the guy so much and he, they're there for me in times when I'm like a kid. That's like the most susceptible you are to the extra, the outside is when you're fighting, your adrenaline's peaked and you're, you see guys before the fight and they're sitting with eyes wide. Like they'll take the, I've seen fighters taking like somebody like, yo man, make sure to throw the right hand. They're like, okay. And they'll listen to that guy. Like how you listen, you don't even know that guy, how you listen to him, but it's because they're vulnerable. They're in a state where they are kind of, you know, you need direction, need guidance. And this is why your trainer needs to be someone who can guide you and someone who can hold you down when you start falling apart. Because inevitably, in the battle world, you have moments, lapses of attention and moments of weakness. So you need that trainer. You need someone who's there with you. And then me, I have a good team of guys around me right now a really really good team of guys around me and we're making adjustments and we're making things we're putting pieces in play but um the future is kind of up in the air for me all i know is it's opportunity and i will be the best that i've ever been when i go and get it i know you you're a nice guy at some point if there was a time to sit down and talk you'd show up with probably with bells on of course and i don't like to burn bridges and i don't know what happened I, I just i don't i don't see any reason for the problems so it's got to be just different different stages in life when you're going for different stuff so i can't i can't um change my path for another though and that's the hard part in my earlier life i'm terrified to say you know like oh i'm not working with those guys anymore like i'm not doing with you know i'm it sucks yeah. It's fucking hard because you're scared to be on your own. But nowadays, man, I've been fighting through the boxing world my whole life. Not by myself, but with my little team, close mm. guys, and my circle of friends and family and stuff. And I, I don't know, I, I've built it. And now I can, I can take on whoever. I can take on the world. So forward we go. Uh, you got a trump card in your back pocket, too, where you could literally go screw off to Quebec for six weeks and do a camp uh yeah and you know what i love that idea because i've been really 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 thinking about um i wanted to make like a couple months trip and just go and train and see how i feel and get in a routine there and i just i want to i want to level up man and I, I know i love calgary calgary's my city yeah but like the people who know boxing i'll come around and be like, yo steve hey and like that's great don't get me wrong. I, I don't care about notoriety. I don't care about this. But, like, there ain't no support. There's no support here. There is none. There is no sponsorship. There is no, like, if you hustle for it and you make it work, and you, but you can get it. But the scene is not 
yet built to the point where people are just coming in. If you go to Montreal, man, you go watch the fights. That The, the house is packed. Yeah. People are anticipating the fight nights, even if they don't know who's on the show. They'll go to the fights because it's a boxing event. And people go out and, you know what, it's a beautiful thing because I've seen some great boxing nights in Vegas, great boxing nights in New York, great boxing nights all around the world. And it's an event. Yeah. It was like the whole Mayweather thing. It's an event. This is not a fight night. This is an event. And the thing is that everybody wins. The businesses thrive. The f- fans and friends, everyone comes out and has the best night ever. You just party, you have fun. The the fighters get the opportunity to shine. Get the show in your effort. Your promoters put on the show and they put on this giant event. The venue wins because they like it's a win. It's an entertainment thing. Yeah. But if the scene ain't built yet, what can you do? You can you can start things, and I mean, down the road, I'm sure we'll do some Calgary shows. It's just we'll see when the timing is right. I hope there's Calgary show. I hope Eye of the Tiger does go to Calgary. Did uh, you imagine that? That would be amazing, and I think it's on the table. Well, the thing is that I, I truly believe, and I have 100% confidence in the fact that I could sell out that there's like almost any venue here. We have such a good like network of people. I've been here my whole life. We could stack the undercard with some you know, a, a few of the Calgary boys mm-hmm. or girls and come and feel like if you sell tickets, you should be on the show. Cause that's kind of the name of the game, the entertainment industry. Yep. And it's like the scene is, it needs, it needs a little push, but I think it's there. And now you, you all the gyms, all the boxing gyms, all the fighters, the amateur fighters. It's like, why not? I see only reasons to, I've seen you sell out a show in Calgary. It was for Dakota Boxing. Yeah. Well, okay. In my younger life, we sold out a ton of shows. So when Eric de Guzman and I were putting on Teal Fista promotion shows, mm. and we, we sold out, I mean, we started small. We sold out the Bonas Sportsplex. We sell out the Deerfoot and Casino. We ended up like, I, I can't remember which other ones we did. We did so many different places, and every time it's a packed house. The Chinese Cultural Center. Mm-hmm. That was one of my favorite fights that I ever had because the venue was packed with all friends and family. Like, that was one of the best nights ever. And I remember Troopish was on the card. Uh, Cam was on the card. Like, dude, the show was stacked. We had seven pro fights. It was like those nights I still remember really, really well. Why not do it again? So the the door's open. I, I'm you could it. you could 100 do it again. I mean, we sold thousand tickets that time. Imagine we <laughs> sell ten years later. Right. Uh, a little while ago, a gentleman by the name of Francois Pratt hit me up from Quebec, and shout out to the Quebec people because you yeah. guys, if you guys want to know something, you usually hit me up. And uh, and Francois wanted to know my top five eye of the tiger people. That, that we're going to do great things in 2020 and 2021. My number one pick was you. Thanks, buddy. Um, and it's not I, – I, we're friends. Yeah, maybe I played a little bit of favoritism. But I truly believe that you can win a world title in the next year. Yes, sir. And- I, 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 I absolutely believe it. I've won it my whole life, man. And now through this – 
my my experience is meeting my ability. My physical prime is here, and now I know more than I've ever known about boxing. And it's not a game about perfect records anymore. And I've been through the, you know, the tough fights and trenches, and I know there's a, a million more still ahead. Mm-hmm. But now with all these tools, I'm ready for it. And so, yeah, I, I hear you, bro. I absolutely believe so. I, I got a little bit of heat for my picks, too. Because the 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 French guys all they all had the cookie cutter Bazinian, fucking um, Sadrinid Akhmadov, which he was one of my picks too because he's amazing. Yeah, I had a couple wild cards in there. I had a, I had a couple wild cards, and it was you and Artur Zadunov. Yeah, and I think that that <laughs> that that kid is going to win a world title at some point. He's amazing. Yeah, skilled, athletic. I- the thing is that the drive to get the world title comes from within. So it's very hard to pick and choose who's going to win world titles because you don't know what people are going through at that point in their life. Even to the, down to the point where guys will lose fight. Like, you ever seen a, a fantastic fighter lose to a guy who's not that good because he had an off night because he was in his head? Happens. And it's all situational. It's all, it's all about the variables. But the the, the reason that I believe that I can do it is because I've been working my whole life to put these variables in place and I am consciously doing it. I'm not doing it by accident. I've been, I'm still like every day of my life focused on my boxing every single day of my life. And I will be like this until, um, and I just, I don't know, man. I think it's, I think it's about the internal fire. And it's just like, how hungry are you and how bad do you want it? It's always boils down to that. How bad do you want it? Can you do it even when everything goes wrong? Do you want it that bad to still go through all the things? It's like, I'll do it as long as that doesn't happen. It's like, that's going to (laughs) happen. And you're like, shit. Like, okay, do you want it? And that happens. That's how bad you got to want it. The worst thing that you don't want is got to happen. And then you got to still want it. And that... Unfortunately, I mean, some people say your own perspective of self is what you get, but that's how my life has been. Mm-hmm. I, I've never had the easy way. I've never had like, oh, just smooth and, you know, all the guys are backing me up and the money's behind us and we'll go and we'll fight. I've always, I don't know if it's my own kind of like self-image or whatever you want to call it, but I've always seen myself as someone who had to go through the hard shit to get the good one. Mm. I'll give you an example. My first amateur fight ever, I fought so hard and I got rocked so bad. And after the fight, I'm sitting there and I was drinking water. I have a migraine. I was I was, I was hurting so bad. And I was chugging water and I got to go like take a piss. I'm drinking. Too. I was the most physical discomfort that I could remember at that point in my life. And I was like, this is so awesome. I won. And that was it. So I had paired, I had paired those two things, the physical pain, the discomfort was attached directly to the feeling of accomplishment. Mm. So I think that kind of anchored to my life as I always see myself as someone who has to get through the hard to get the good. But nowadays I have confidence that I'm able to get through the hard. I know how to get through the hard shit because I've been preparing for it. So I'm not sugarcoating it for myself, but I'm preparing for the tough stuff. You want to talk about physical discomfort? I recently had a vasectomy. Fuck. What a terrible fucking thing that doctors do to humans. 
that's my only response. Fuck. Dude. I'm sorry, my bro, but I mean, you made the decision. You went for it, eh? I have a hematoma in my right testicle right now. Fucking the medical field can do great things and also cause terrible things. Fuck, man. I've never been in such discomfort for so long. I've had knee surgeries. Uh, I've had nose surgeries. I've had broken fucking hands. This is the most uncomfortable I've ever been in my life. I hate to hear it, buddy. Fuck. I get I mean, I don't know. I don't know what I can do to help you here, but nothing. There's nothing. Godspeed, my friend. So, like, what for for the people out there that don't know what a hematoma is? So, if, if I punch Steve in the face right now in the forehead, he's gonna get a bump, and it's gonna be a collection of blood underneath the skin. That's what I have in my testicle. You think if we got kicked in the nuts really bad? Yeah, it's terrible. So, yeah, it's pretty much there. So, my recommendation to everybody: <laughs> if you're a male, don't do it. Just pull out. It's science. I mean, well, well, it's not a hundred percent, but it's better than this bullshit. Really, you fucking hate it, eh? It's terrible. Oh, like, it's like learn from learn from my mistakes, young guys. Exactly. Don't do what I do, please. <laughs> <laughs> so every time we talk, we always uh, we always find out what book you're reading. What are you reading? Two. Well, I can't remember if I showed you this one, but I'm going to it again. Jump Attack? Nope, never seen yeah, it. Yeah, because, okay, this one's beautiful because, okay, this is done by Tim Grover. Um, he's got the same author who did Relentless. He worked with Michael Jordan. He, he, worked, he worked with a bunch of big-name basketball players, Dwayne Wade and all these guys. But in this, it gives you, like, sequences. Okay. And it's, like, how to prime the muscle with, like, holds, and then you – Explode? Like, yeah, yeah. But first, you, you prime the muscle, you find the full range, and then you explode. So it's a really, really strategic approach to athletic training. Okay. And so you're not wasting anything. You're making the most of everything. But with this book, I'm, I'm, I was reading that, and then I was writing the boxing version. You know oh. what I mean? So, like, now I have, like, this kind of stuff. I got all here. And then these these things are like that idea where I prime the muscle, I prime, I find the pump, I get the focus on the intention on the shoulder, the hip, the step that I need to do in my stance. And then I do like a pulse or whatever comes next. And then the last one I'm doing is a heavy bag punch or a shadow boxing punch. So I'm taking the same approach to this um, explosive athletic training. And I'm applying it to my boxing. So I'm, I'm kind of not like I'm taking ideas. I'm borrowing ideas. You're mutating you know I mean? it. But I'm taking, what's that? You're just mutating it into something that you can use for yourself. Yeah. But the idea, the big one from this one was prime, prep, fire. Okay. So with those three things, it's like you prime the muscle. You get all the, the focus and attention there. Mind, muscle connection, the blood flow, everything. You're obviously warmed up and ready to go first. And then you pulse it so you find that full rotation. You find the movement exactly how you want the punch. But you do it with some resistance. And you do it very precise, very focused. And then you throw the punch. So kind of breaking it down into like 
break it down into a game of inches, man. And you break it down in the smallest piece that you can. And I'm doing that with punches. I'm doing that with the head movement. I'm doing that with my core and posture and like how I'm moving. I'm doing that with my footwork and I'm taking, um, I'm taking this like explosive training and like weights and all this stuff. And I'm pairing it directly to my boxing training. And I, I think I'll be able to come up with some really cool ideas. Now I'm going to be happy to share them and put them out there, different workouts and different exercises for all like the other fighters and everything. Yeah. Oh my guys. Well, for everybody, because a lot of them that I have put together are pretty damn good. And I mean, it, it feels like fight stuff. And then you go into sparring after or hit the bag after you're like, Holy shit, man, it's working. And so, this I, is the book that I'm reading, Jump Attack, and I'm I'm applying it heavily. I feel like the analogy to that book will transfer over really well into power. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So you're you're practicing how to generate the power within the right movement. So a lot of times you see guys swinging for power, but they're miss. If they, I saw a video yesterday on Instagram. The guy they're sparring and he misses and he <laughs> falls out the fucking ring. <laughs> and I was like, I'm like. Buddy, do you know how hard you must be swinging to miss and go off of your feet out of the ring? Like, foolish. But what you have to do is find that ultimate range as far as you can go, but not a millimeter more. And yeah. you have to grease the groove. And you find that. And you find that in different ways. You find that with weights. You find that with no weight. You find it with resistance. You find it with reverse resistance. And then you go and try it on the bags. And you go and try it in the sparring and heavy bags. Or on, in shadow boxing, so it's a different approach. But I feel like I'm really leveling up, and I'm like I said, as soon as this COVID shit hit, I just started working inwards, and I started working inwards on all the stuff that I know and creating some stuff that I I think would be good. And right now, I feel like the progression is is going strong. Well, any tool you can keep throwing in that toolbox right now is just adding. yeah. Man. So it's never a bad thing to keep adding things into into what you're doing because in the game of boxing or anything for that matter, your regular job, there's always a learning curve. There's always something changing. Right. There so always is. You, it's constant learning. So at my work, I build um, giant grain conveyors and, and augers, right. my, my regular job. And – we all we get these three things every three months. So have you learned any everything? Is there anything mm -hmm. more that you need to learn? I was right. Yes. I, I, yeah, there always is. There's always something changing. And, there, and how many guys are like, no, I I got it all, man. Don't need to learn shit. Everybody else. But that's the problem <laughs> because you put a roof on the building. Then. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like if I already know it, I don't need to learn. And you don't realize how subconsciously you're going to shut off your openness to receiving new info because you already know it. Even to the point where I, it's funny, I was just speaking it and then I had a realization as I was saying this. So I'm working with some of my guys who are like my friends, they, my guys who are in the gym with me and they, they hold the pads with me and, and, and I'm always like, I'm kind of teaching some of them. Okay, mm -hmm. this is how you do it. This is how you do it. But then I was just thinking, I'm like, the other day, he showed me a different look. My friend, one of my friends showed me a different look that I had not thought about. He was like, what about when the fighter does like this? And I'm like, oh, I'm like, I totally was not even, <laughs> I told, yeah, yeah, actually, yes. 
And it's like you can't be thinking that you know everything. You don't know everything. Even if you know more than – so this is what I'm saying. This, this situation. I know more about boxing than my buddy. Mm. But he said something that sparked the idea in my head from his perspective. That was totally new perspective. I had never thought about that. And I was like, oh, wow. But it's because I believe that I have the openness to learn. And I know that I don't know shit, man. I don't know anything. I, I'm just learning. And every day I'm trying to learn more. And then as far as boxing, I know lots, but I'm trying to learn way more. I don't know anything still. Again, I know lots, but I don't know anything at the same time. So this openness, receptiveness, I think it's like being coachable, mm -hmm. but also to yourself. Like the willingness to learn also requires the openness to be ignorant. Like, I don't know shit. And I mean, I think that's a, it's a tricky balance, but with focus, you can work on it and you can use it. I believe that everybody you come into contact with life, whether it be through boxing or like a beginner to an intermediate to an advanced person, always has something to teach you, whether right. it's a bad habit that you don't want to do, or if it's something that you can learn from, the, yeah, there's always because, something to teach from somebody. Right. You can, yeah, exactly. Situations create the lessons. You know what I mean? It's not necessarily the person's perspective. It might be something they did unconsciously and you're like, oh, oh, I didn't think about that. But it's like the messenger, the messenger isn't always the knowledge yeah. uh, source. He just, you know, he just ran through it. He just didn't mean to do it, but he did it. And then you're like, oh, my perspective of it. I'm like, I never thought about that. If you do it like, okay, so this also comes from the openness to say, I don't know shit. I'm just learning from everything, and I love to learn from everything. And even if that guy doesn't know anything about this combat sport, say he's never had any fights, he doesn't know anything, but he could potentially show me a perspective that I've never thought of before. So it's happened to me. Off, right? <laughs> you ever been sparring yeah. with a dude that's new and then he just cracks you? Yeah, those are the tricky, tricky guys to spar with because the they fuck? don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah. You know what? On the weekend, I was going, I was sparring with some kids, little kids, and I was having so much fun. And I remembered how important that is to work on your defense and just yeah. do reaction sparring and just get used to no, no, no punches getting through, not a single one. And you know, it's fun for the kids; they're just having a blast. Like they don't care. Yeah. But these little kind of spot you know reflex straight. just keep the reflexes sharp little things like that i wrote myself a note the other day and i was like um good habits for fighters and a lot of it well one of them was like <laughs> fighting your friends play fight your friends yeah so like if you ever, if you ever come to my family's house and you see a walk into my house my dad's like <laughs> yeah come up to me like like okay and then i'll be like oh yeah but we're always doing that. I've done that my whole life. We're always like that. We're playing around, messing around. But you, the thing that happens is subconsciously, but in real time, you're checking your range. You're testing your reflexes. You're keeping your fight mind sharp because someone's throwing punches at you. Somebody's got to be calling you right now because your picture yeah, went off. Picture. Yeah, somebody's calling me. How rude. <laughs> Terrible time. Fuckers. <laughs> As long as they don't call back, yeah, we're good. 
Yeah, so <laughs> it's a great thing that you can always learn something from somebody. It doesn't matter who they are, yes. where they are in life, what standing yeah. they are. It doesn't matter. You can always learn. Yeah, be open and keep your reflexes sharp because that shit pays off when you get back in the ring. So I've been getting a lot of questions lately why I haven't weighed in. I, and this isn't anything to do with you. I just have to address it. Why I haven't weighed in on the Black Lives Matter um, stuff going on. Right. Personally, I'm not educated enough to weigh in on it. And I feel that not having an opinion is better than having an opinion for me. Right. Well, everybody has their opinions. They want to tell everyone and they want to write it on their Facebook. Yeah. So my my issue, the, the only issue I have, everybody deserves equal rights. It doesn't matter. We all bleed red. It doesn't matter what color your skin is. I have yeah. Asian friends, Steve Claggett. I have mm. black friends, Ryan the Real Deal Ford. I have fucking Filipino friends. I have it. it yes, because the fucking dude, the race doesn't matter. And this is something that I was aware of when I was a kid because I'm half Chinese. Mm. So when I get to whatever junior high, everyone starts to like learn. Oh, chink is a good word. Oh, it's a new <laughs> insult. So people start fucking like now I start getting. I'm the only guy getting called a fucking chink, and the, and I'm like. <laughs> Like, I'm furious because that hurts. Uh, that's just me. Yeah. And then I I experienced this in, like, grade six and grade seven. I remember going through it, and I was like, I just wanted to kill these guys because they're bullying me for something that I can't change. <laughs> but then I, and it's like, and I thought about, like, I don't go to school and hate these guys because they come from a different house. I don't hate anybody because they came from, like, I'm, I'm from this house. He's from that house. We go to the same school. Let me guess. You have you probably, maybe you got a mom, maybe yeah. you got a dad. You have some brothers or sisters. You, you guys have dinner together. Like you come from a different house. You have your own little quirks and da 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 da. But it's so long as you treat me like I don't know, like a person. Hey, hi. It's like I'll do the same. Why does it matter where which house you come from? There's no difference. It doesn't matter. Your own ego creates a prejudice. I don't like them because what? 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 Why? Why? Because they do things different than you at home? Now, if you're coming up now, it's a tricky thing because people are on the battlefield now. They're on the confrontation line. So you're coming up. People have already started fighting. So that's mm -hmm. why it's so hard to suppress it now because the fight's already started. And it's like, I don't want to be the guy who says no more fighting. You just swung at me. I'm not going to say no more fighting now. I want to get my, my punches back. And that's, that's when things have escalated. But it should never fucking get to this point, man, because nobody, it doesn't matter where you come from. So long as your relationship, one to one, like treat me nice. I'll treat you nice. I don't care. You could be where are you could be from. You could speak a different language, but you're smiling at me. I'm like, yo, what's up, man? Like I'm happy. But it's the prejudice that creates the hate. And I, I just, it sucks because it's insecurity and ego that causes it. But what can you do? Change the whole world? I don't fucking know, man. I, I firmly believe that we just have a lot of the wrong people in the wrong jobs. Our power spots who are igniting I, the flames. I don't live in America and I don't have to deal with their police. But from what I hear from my friends that are Americans is the police over there are a little fucking excessive. Now what right. happened? What happened to George Floyd was terrible. 
right? should, should never, ever happen to a human being. I don't care race, color, or creed. You don't never. do that to fucking people. Right. It happened, you know, it happened to a white guy in 2017. That should not have happened. Right. But you, you know what the thing is? Do you know what the, the, the testing to become a police officer in the United States requires? Not very much. No. You just go in. Like it, it's the thing is that in a job where you're taking, like you got, you got everyone else's lives in your hands, literally. You should have to do psychological checkups every week. Every week. You know what they do in the army? That. Yeah. You better be ready for combat. You better be ready for confrontational, weird, irrational human beings who are insulting you and your life for no reason other than the fact that they're they're high as shit and you got to speak civilly be considerate be an empath because there's no room for like oh i had a bad day and i shot that guy yo man no because there's no room for that ever no because you're in a power spot and i just think that there should be a tougher filtration process and there should be a psychological analysis in order to upkeep your position because every week you should go through some sort of like work for the therapist, make sure that you're able, like, are you in a good state this week? Or are you a little sketchy? Cause yeah. you take a little, take a week off from sparring. Cause you're fucking yelling at the kid. You know what I mean? Something like that. So I think that there needs to be check-ins in order to prevent, because we're all only human. Everybody gets emotional. People get mad. Trust me. If I was a cop and some guy, threw some shit at me and call me this and blame me for that. Like I would be choked too, yeah. but this is not a place where you can get just heated and knock his ass out. You're the line of the law, which means you have to be like, I know you're totally unreasonable. It's like, it's like dealing with, <laughs> here's a, here's a point. Here's a funny one for you. It's like dealing with an immature, irrational girlfriend. You're like, yeah, you can't stop that, that bitch. Like, I know that this is what you're thinking, but logically, this is what's happening. Oh, you said that, yeah, that, that, that all those things, those are not here right now. The yeah. situation that's happening is here. And now this could go the other way because you can have just as emotional and immature of a boyfriend. I'm sure, and I've seen, especially the younger fucking guys who are just an idiot. You're, they're almost worse because you become so emotional and erratic and random and like you're crying like a little bitch because your feelings are in the way of the logical situation that's happening or like the, of the like the facts that are going on right now but you're mad you can't be a little kid there's not the space for that there's people's lives at stake so there's got to be this psychological check-in there's got to be a bigger Something. filtration process that's where i stand on that shit and fuck anybody who's um strangling people killing people like oh, man come on where's where's the where's the respect for human life the only issue i have with any I, i'm all for the protesting yeah i mean you guys want to go out and, and, and get, get your voices heard and all that i support you i'll fucking go with you but don't fuck up the shit don't like mess don't break everything no rioting my issue is the yeah rioting. protesting right it's tricky right but it's also group mob mentality. Yeah. You're close. Everybody's mad close to you. Start getting hyped up. That guy just broke something. I'm going to break something. Then 
and then it goes. I don't know. And that's where it's a slippery slope. It's not 1864 anymore. Yeah. It's not 1930. So you're on everyone's camera. You're on everyone's iPhone here. Everyone has you on tape doing what you're doing. Go the fuck up. Right. But then this is the thing. With more and more potential and capability and ability, it seems that people get more and more sensitive and you know like my stuff how i want it and this and that it's like fuck man over stimulus has created over sensitivity when you think that it would go the other way because the problem is that everyone gets the freedom to voice their expression so that on the other end it's like overstimulated so i don't care about seeing people get killed on the internet cutting their heads off whatever i see that all the time but if I'm not allowed to speak my, on my Facebook and tell people what I think about it, I'm mad. Oh, me, me, me. It's like, but you're just watching people die. Like, what, what, where's the where's the balance here? Does it make much so, sense, does it? Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> the product of over, like, content. It's content, I think, because you get fucking just so much noise. And then it's a matter of self. Like, you got to check yourself, man. You, get, you can't. It's a weird world. It's a weird world. You know what else doesn't help is um, when we have a prime minister named Justin Trudeau and he goes online and he says that the RCMP is a racist organization. Did he go on and do that? Yeah. So, so what are we supposed to do now? An RCMP officer pulls me over. Am I supposed to punch him out? Ah, what, am, what am I supposed to do? Tangle the webs more. Tangle the webs more, Justin. You know what's funny? Isn't there a video of Paul P. Mac sparring with Justin Trudeau? Yeah. <laughs> How funny is that? <laughs> it's hilarious because Justin gets beat up. But... Yeah, I punched the Prime Minister one time, actually. We were at the gym, punched his nosebleed. It's like, oh, that's hilarious. But, but when you have the Prime Minister of Canada undermines what's supposed to keep law and order in our country. I know. It's a t- but see, again, I want everyone to hear my opinion because, and this is, I mean, everyone's supposed to hear the prime minister's opinion, of course. But he was probably, in the heat of the moment, just just throwing out his opinion. Like, I, you can't say that your own line of defense is racist. Yeah, right. It's crazy. So it's a, it's a tricky one because he might have been, like, thinking. That's also the problem with everything being fucking recorded nowadays is that you say something... 10 years ago and it comes back to haunt you yep you can't dress you know? up like aladdin and paint your fucking face anymore people so don't do right that. oh yeah that happened to you <laughs> <laughs> uh, but i mean this is why if you move with genuine intention the whole intention the whole, whole way you probably like don't get me wrong if you had pictures of myself when i'm younger i wouldn't be happy <laughs> yeah <laughs> i would be kind of wrong in many ways but as I've gotten older, I find I just this is how I like to live. I like to live with my genuine intention. I, I have these morals. I have these things. And then I'm never really swaying f- far from who I know I am. And then I never have to look back and be like, oh, what was I doing? I was under the influence of that peer group. No, I'm me. I know I know where I stand here. So belief in self, again, it's just connection to self, man. That's what it all boils down to. Well, today, Steve, we're missing the third man in the room, Derek, the producer. Yeah, um, I was wondering who's that. It's very weird, eh? So uh, last week I hit Derek up because I've been doing um, some podcasts with some PBR guys, so uh, bull riders. 
right? Very nice. interesting sport where these these guys jump on the back of wild beasts. Uh, I, you know what? I'll tell you a funny story. Again, when I'm younger, I had some great times partying at the Stampede with some <laughs> bull riders because they're crazy. Yeah, they're crazy. And one thing that I didn't know until I started hanging with those guys one day, that one time, is that they are loaded when they go out on that bull. He, this guy this guy was so drunk but <laughs> i was like what's going on man he's like just prepping and i'm like i look he got like four beers in his hands he got like a th- <laughs> he had like a little like a couple shots i'm like oh, really he's like, yo fucking you know but i mean this could have been a one-off this guy but he's just that was his lifestyle he's just a drinker so Jeez. he didn't think anything. And, and he went down hard that day, and he also partied hard that night. <laughs> so uh, back to back to my story with Derek. So I told Derek, like, we've been doing this PBR, guys. We did a wrestle like a professional wrestler. Give me a combat sports guy so we can get back to what what, what the show was, was doing. And he's like, all right, no problem, no problem. I don't hear from him for three days. I call him, his nephew answers, and he's like, oh, Derek's sleeping. Can he call you back? I said, no, go fucking wake his ass up now. Mm-hmm. Seven at night. What's wrong with you? So he goes and wakes him up. I hear Derek say, who is this? Oh, it's Tanner. And he h- hangs the phone up. <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> I call back. He puts his phone on airplane mode, this cunt. So the next day I call. And uh, he, answers, yeah. he, he answers the phone. I'm like, hey, man, where are you? He's like, oh, I'm in Sylvan Lake. He says, excuse me? He's like, uh, I'm in Sylvan Lake. I said, oh, okay. Uh, where's my guest? He's like, oh, I'll be back on Tuesday. I said, all right, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we're, we're call, I'm calling Steve. <laughs> <laughs> he hit me up. I'm like, yeah, man, let's chat. I'm in. Yeah, uh, took me 38 minutes to get the Steve to come on the show, Derek. Just saying, but uh, shout out to Derek. He does he does a ton of work, and it's, I'm glad he got. Shout to out, go. Derek, man. I'm you glad he got to go for uh, for a little vacation to Sylvan Lake. It's a nice area over there. Hell yeah! Like although I'm got my, I got. I, it's funny. I can tell you these things. I got my car impounded. License taken. What? And three thousand dollars in fines from the hours of two AM to four AM. I was only there for the night. I ended up getting back to Calgary like a week later. Uh, I was like, man, fuck Sylvan Lake. <laughs> what car but, what car was impounded? Uh it was my Silver Lancer. Okay. Evo back in the day. Yeah, and we went we went out there for just one night. And then just madness happened. And then I ended up losing my car and this and got tickets and that and blah, 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 blah. But, I mean, the night was awesome. It's just the RCMP hated us because they're like, you guys are city boys. It was like Canada Day or something uh, like that. And they're city boys, so you guys are here to d- start some trouble. And we're like, of course. And I just remember two times I went to Sylvan Lake. Well, more than that, but two memorable times I went to Sylvan Lake. One time, had a great time. The other time, that time. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have to end up paying these fines, four grand in fines? 
I chipped away. I, you know, I went to the courthouse and fight him down a couple yeah. times, and get him extended, and fight him down some more. Yeah, by the end, I don't know what it went down. It probably like sixteen hundred bucks by the end of it all, but still, it oh, sucked. Uh, but you, the city boys showing up don't show up so, so loud. There, there's a lesson for you. Don't show up so loud, you'll get yanked. You're always driving an interesting vehicle. So what are you rolling in now? Um, right now I have the 2017 Scion TC. A Scion, it's a red one. really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's like a kind. It's kind of like a hatchback-ish, but it's not quite. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And I'm pretty. I'm gonna buy this one out. I think because like I was it. leasing it. Gonna buy. Yeah, I like it. I love it, man. So I mean, what was that hot rod <laughs> thing you were driving? It looked like a fucking Fast and the Furious car. Mm. I want to say it was orange. Yeah, fuck, I don't remember. Two years. I don't ago. remember. I had a good video of me driving Lou's car though. <laughs> the GTR. The GTR's yeah. Lou's car. Oh, was it? That okay. one. That's the summer whip. Yeah. So, that was the one probably i remember when you, you met me you met me in calgary and i was going to physio for my knee you had a ridiculous car and i think it was that one yeah was it that one i think so oh that could have been fuck that could have been yeah i had another one too it's nice to have people in the car industry that's a lesson that i've learned in life it's like you want to know someone in mechanics you want to know someone in the medical field, and you want to know someone in the legal field. Yeah. It's going to be good for your life. A scion, Connection. eh? Yeah, that's like a just car. I don't, I don't need the SUV. It's just me driving around. Like, Is it fast? It's pretty fast. Okay. Because I I remember the I'll other show you one. It. It was it's not like it's not like one of those box ones. It's a new the new ones where they're actually it's a car. Oh, it's not those stupid looking things. Okay, it doesn't, no. doesn't look like it's not that one. big box thing, and it's not the FRS, which is the really small two seater. It's okay. somewhere in between. Uh, it, it's I'll sh I'll show you a picture or something afterwards. It's pretty cool. I, I like it. I put out the question thing yesterday. I had a lot of females um, ask me the question: If you're single, I am single. What? Last time I talked to you, you weren't. I am single. Okay. I um, you know, that's a funny thing because I I've fallen into a stage in my life where i'm so into my own boxing and i'm so like independent it's just tricky like i have a lot of like really good like female friends who it that's kind of the like the distance is nice okay because um, we're on our own we're on our own hustle we have this but then when we have time together it's awesome um i just I'm so focused on my own craft right now that it's created a separation for me and the rest of the world. So still single right now. Okay. So ladies, he's not fucking interested. If you want to hang out and watch a movie, <laughs> I'm still, I'm still going for some goals. And then, you know, <laughs> once I get these goals, we can talk. It's not too long uh, ago. You, you had a girlfriend. I, think. I know. I know I oh. did. Yeah. I had a girlfriend a little while ago. It's just different paths in life. And now, Still friends? I don't know. Yeah. Okay, perfect. I, I, I have to be, man, because I, I my younger, immature self, uh, like, you could have a breakup, and you're mad at this person. Yeah. But 
as you get older, you realize a lot of times you see the same people again throughout your life. <laughs> like you'll still know that person, you know, that person's not going to vanish off the face of the earth. So th this played right into our newest sponsor, Steve. What is that? So before awesome. on it became on it, it was called flashlight. The flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it are you working with those guys yeah we're we got a little deal with flashlight they uh, uh they hook us up and send us stuff that we can send out to uh oh man to that's our guests funny. so steve's gonna get a brand new <laughs> slightly used flashlight in the mail oh fuck i'll send it back <laughs> <laughs> oh man they've, they've got some interesting stuff steve this is like a uh a brass knuckle grip is a sex toy company? Yes. Hey, everybody's got to have fun. For I, men. I mean, well, just a different look, I guess. I, I recently received... I'm going to talk to you about this because you might be a little bit more level-headed. Um, I, I recently received some hate online for doing flashlight ads. Um, and, and, and they were called sexist. And I said, okay. So... There's 14 million dildos that are made for women out there. Some of them are in the shape of other man's penises, and some of them aren't. Oh. So we men have one company, Flashlight, that makes right. sex toys for men, <laughs> and it's sexist. Okay. Right. So what you choose to do with yourself, although it should be respectful in nature is your own call and you can do whatever you damn well please that's where i stand on that and i mean like it's another day who gives a shit whatever anyone else is doing you know what I mean? whatever who cares sell fleshlights use fleshlights do whatever like it doesn't affect that's the problem with the world today everyone thinks that other people living affects their life it doesn't it doesn't matter they're just doing something different over there it doesn't right. matter. That's where I stand on that. Sell your flashlights, bro. Power to you. Flashlight. If you want it, I'll send it to you for free. <laughs> um, that was the last thing I was expecting you to bust out. <laughs> I know. And, and I know you have a good sense of humor, so I thought I was like, ah, fuck, Steve Single. Flashlight time. Said with a fucking back. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I, I don't know if I need that, but who knows? Hey man, you're on the road, six week camp out in out in Quebec. You're lonely. Bust out old uh, Goldie. That's what we'll name her, Goldie. <laughs> uh, anyway, what was the name? Uh, Goldie. That's what we're calling this one. Oh, it's Goldie. Goldie. Okay. <laughs> anyway. And anyways, moving on. Uh, let's let's Next wrap this like, thing up, what? fucking Steve. Um, song of the week. Give me a song that your 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 song that you're jamming out to right now that people that can add to their playlist on iTunes or Spotify. Oh man. Well, it depends. Okay, so here's something about me. I literally listen to every kind that you gonna everything. Like I listen to every genre that exists. Other than I'm not like I I don't like like pop i don't like this like you know i like like blues i like rap music i like electronic music i like everything man um 
right now. Fuck, I, I'm gonna sound like a gangster, you know. Perfect, dude. Uh, <laughs> I listen to Montana of 300. He's a rapper from Chicago, and he's actually got bars that he has lyrics, which is something that I I miss. Well, not I miss, but you know, it's like nowadays everything's about sound production. Yeah, and I like getting hype. Don't get me wrong, but I also like to hear, and I like. This guy's good, man. He got like motivational lyrics. He's a gangster. He kills me. But <laughs> uh, give me hype. Go to the gym. Okay, Montana so, three hundred specific song. Um, snakes. I like that song. Montana three hundred snakes. All right. Well, that's song of the week this week for the final shot, Steve. People are gonna be what the fuck is Steve listening to? <laughs> Let me throw another one out your way. Okay, go. <laughs> Let me think of another one. I was like, shit, it's all on my phone. I'll have to like cancel out. And, uh, um, fuck, I can't remember what it's called, actually. I was listening to some good blues the other day. You like shit. country? What's that? Do you like country? <sighs> Depends. Depends. I, mean, I like a certain vibe of country. I like like blues, kind of like rougher. Like okay, this song is perfect for you. It's Chris Stapleton, "Midnight Train to Memphis." Midnight Train to Memphis, cake deal. Here's the other one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it I like that. it. Okay, let, let's wrap this fucking thing up. I'm sure you got other things to do other than talk to my dumbass all day. Uh, all I got is training all day, brother. I'm happy to <laughs> speak with you. Sponsors, you got sponsors right now? You need to shout out. Cook Custom Homes. That's the only one that I want to shout out. You look at the best homes in Calgary. It's Cook Custom Homes. Um, I want to shout out Legacy Boxing for having me and letting me in the gym any day. Give me the code to the gym and I just show up. It could be four in the morning. I can go there. Uh, I would like to shout out Calgary, my city. A whole lot of people and a big up-and-coming scene with a lot of good talent and over the last couple of years i've been seeing it rise and grow and thrive and i see this beautiful clean and nice and a whole kind of like quiet conservative city of mine start to expand and um hoping to put on a boxing show here too soon all right i have the tiger management uh punchandgrace.com um any of the guys in quebec camille if you need help with this uh, this bullshit, and you need to move a show. Maybe think of Saskatchewan because we might be able to hold that here. But uh, the, sh- shout out to the Tigers that keep the 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 food on these guys' plates, and, absolutely, uh, and, and all that. So uh, yeah. I have the Tiger best in the game, and you know what? We could do a show anywhere, and we'll sell that out, and it'll be the best show. It's gonna be like I, I see just the roster right now. It's it's prime. Very, very exciting. Very exciting. I see world champ like a lot of the guys direct paths to world titles. Yeah. And that was something that Camille and I have spoken about in the past. He's like, what we're planning on do is get all these guys world title fights. And I'm seeing a lot of the guys, I'm like, you know what? This guy could win a world title. Oh yeah. This guy could win a world title. This guy could win a world title. One hundred percent. And that's where we're gonna end it, guys. That's the final shot.